This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny local enterprise offices for business, financial support and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell and I'll be with you until 7 o'clock on this Thursday evening when everyone seems to be talking about Joe Biden. This evening on the programme, we'll be talking with an expert on Excel, the spreadsheet used by most businesses, but something which those who know say most users are hardly using to a tenth of its potential. We'll hear how many of its functions are like a well-kept secret and give you some hand tips that could you save you time, money, and perhaps most importantly, hassle and frustration. In a world where diversity is something of a buzzword, usually referring to gender, racial, ethnic, or sexual, we'll talk about the often overlooked area of neurodivergence in the workplace and how business can work better with people with different brains. And we'll be talking to the founder of a Kilkenny-based app development company about his business, how the world of apps has grown and expanded, and about how his business is doing. But first, as we do every week on the programme, we start with a chat about general business news and issues that catch the eye with a guest. And this week I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Seamus Murnan, founder of CIA Catering Innovation Agency. Seamus, you're very welcome to The Bottom Line. Cheers, John. It's great to be here again. Yeah, now, we really didn't uh, ask you to come in because you're part of CIA, uh, uh, but it's very apt. Um, Catering Innovation Agency, but of course it's the same as the Central Intelligence Agency. Was that deliberate when you were naming your company? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I don't think uh, something like Mernan Catering Equipment or anything like that would would, would have taken us anywhere. And and, uh, when, when when it was dreamed up, it had to be something that brought a smile to people's face. And it it, it continues to do that, but you know, it, it brings a smile. But it, you know, then we sort of these uh, must be the glory days to have a company <laughs> called CIA. Though I mean, with Joe Joe Biden, and uh, have you got many wrong numbers ringing you up looking for uh, Craig? Well, well, not so much that, but we had a couple of funnies over the last week. We have one of our engineers lives in 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 uh, County Mayo, and he was uh, driving into a well-known uh, five-star establishment in Kong, and there was guys talking into their sleeves and taking photos photos of his uh, well-branded van yeah. uh, and even with another one of our guys in Dublin today as well and again in a branded machine and literally being waved through by... Uh, this uh, is like uh, you have vans, I've seen them, they're very distinctive, I've seen them around here too yeah. with CIA yeah, on the side. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, no, no it, it, it certainly, it, it gets a smile but it, it, there were some smiles today you know, being waved through by Gardy in uh, the centre of Dublin um, <laughs> so it, it, the confusion does help sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely and I have to say he, he's not wearing an earpiece and he doesn't have dark glasses uh, and I don't think you're packing heat, are you Seamus? But, but you have the CIA lapel badge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Get, get out of here now afterwards and head up towards Dublin Castle and see how you get on. Is he going to get in for a dinner? <laughs> I'd say you'd be waiting, judging by uh, Joe Biden's schedule, the way it's going. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a busy day for a man of his age, I have to say. I, I'm, I'm seriously impressed with his stamina. Yeah, absolutely. And the people trailing around after him as well. I mean, it, it, it is a the mind boggles. I, I was talking to someone in Dublin this afternoon who said they saw a Chinook flying over their uh, office building with the beast hanging out of it. <laughs> they reckon it was heading for knock. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it, it, it is. I mean, apart from the official delegation, all the, 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 the um, 
officials and the the politicians that we know of, but the unofficial entourage of 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 uh, security and handlers, it's just it is. And good for phenomenal. business, do you think? I, I know it's disrupted a lot of business in in the centre of places where he's been. Uh, you know, we were I heard Sue talking to Ian Gardner about one way systems and traffic restrictions. I tell you, the mother of all traffic restrictions come in when American president hits town. But it's good for Ireland Inc. Probably yeah, a lot of business, huge trading partner. I, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not old enough to remember J- JFK's visit, but I, I am old enough to to, to remember Ronnie Reagan's uh, visit to Ballyporeen uh, in in Tipperary, originally from a little village in West Poster, just uh, and the excitement that that brought all all over South Tipperary. And I, I, I think certainly right now, you know, we all remember the Obama. I mean, Barack will, Obama will Plaza. Absolutely, will we have a Biden Plaza? Maybe we'll. But I, I have no doubt that you know. What that will do for American tour- tourism to Ireland over the next couple of years will be just absolutely. Phenomenal. And of course, usually um, there's a photo opportunity, but uh, you know, people decry it often with you know the royals or whoever grasping a point of the black stuff. Joe Biden is a, a teetotaler, and funnily enough, I think so is Donald Trump. So uh, you know, bad times for the product <laughs> placement people in alcoholic beverage companies in Ireland. Yeah, it's 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 it's. But, but I mean, maybe maybe it shows a little bit of maturity. Uh, about the Irish nation that we're we're making taking a little step back. We all like 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 a drink now and again, but does it have to be synonymous? Absolutely, maybe, maybe, perhaps not. But there is a, a whole thing about how there is a feel good factor. Like not everybody will feel good about Joe Biden being here. You know, we have to recognise that not everybody agrees with him, and people have different no, points of view. But there is no. um, there is a kind of a feel good factor. The sun was shining. Like admittedly, if you were up in Louth, you mightn't think it. But it's important for business because there's an awful lot of bad news out there. At the same time, isn't there? I, 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 I think it's hugely important. I mean, at the end of the day, we're 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 a small a small island uh, off the west coast of Europe. I mean, to have the president of the, you know the, the 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 free world, call it what you like, but, but visiting us and the, you know it, it is it is absolutely huge. Not to mention our ex- access on on St Patrick's Day. It, it it really is brilliant. And of course, you know the relationship with 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 Ireland and the American jobs in Ireland. And I don't think it's I, I think it's long gone beyond the notion of 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 the tax free haven that 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 maybe sort of tempted people in in the early days. I I think what it has done for this country in terms of 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 educating our, our educated workforce and what it has done, you know, it has been absolutely huge. Yeah, I was looking at the American Chamber of Commerce in Ireland website and I was surprised at the number of American companies and then I was kind of surprised, you know, the companies that I'd known. But then I was going, oh, yeah, they're American. You mm. know, they're very deeply yes. integrated in, in many ways and, and for a long time as well. Yeah, it, it, they are right across, right across, uh, right across Ireland, uh, right across Carlin, right across Kilkenny. And, and I, I think there's a new, a new one to open shortly. Assad being turned, uh, in, in, in Kilkenny over the next couple of days. That's right. Abbott, um, huge, huge, uh, development. I think ultimately it'll be well over a thousand people and tomorrow morning they're having a sod turning ceremony. Yeah. So oh, no, it, it's, 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 it's just fabulous, you know. It, it really is. I mean, um, and and there may be some people listening who would be going, "Oh, yeah." There's people talking in business, uh, you know, and they're optimistic, and you know, they're talking about the glasses half full rather than half empty. Why is that important from a business point of view? You know, uh, speaking as a business 
person who's running well, the business. I, I, you know, you're not falsely optimistic, or why is it important to be optimistic? Or oh, you know, I, 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 well, first of all, I don't. Th- this sounds terrible. I don't think you've any choice. I mean, if 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 you're if you're in business, you really, you, you know, you've got to go for it, and you've got to go for it every single day. I mean, I, I, you know, when I, I started out in the CIA and the 1st of April 2008 you Yes know, folks I, he did say he started <laughs> in the CIA yes catering innovation agency in this yeah, case But it, it, it just I, I, I 2008 mean, 2008 you know you had Not a great time Yeah well I won't mention bank, banks collapsing yeah. and because there's a little bit of banks collapsing at the moment but but you know all that sort of thing and, and you know Ireland Inc on its knees and you know our, our friends from the from the, from, from the Troika arriving in and confidence hitting an all time low but you, you know, definitely. I mean, from my point of view, there was a serious opportunity, you know, to to start a business, and it was easier to start it at that time. But every day you go, you've got to find something positive, or else, you know, I, I and I think no matter in in what shape uh, uh, or size of business you in you're in, that you've got to find a little bit bit of positivity, to, to to a little bit to get to get you up and going. And there is huge positivity. And what I find uh, certainly across business uh, across Carlin Kilkenny, the support you get from other business people is just unbelievable. You, you know, I, I mean, the, 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 you know, I know we're accused of begrudgery now and again, but I, I, I think really when you scratch beneath the surface, the amount of get support that you will get if you if you do try to start something up, I think is huge. And how is business? Uh, sentiment seems strong, like you make a good case for strong sentiment, but uh, uh, in your area, tourism and hospitality, you rely a lot on those we d- sectors, we, probably exclusively. We, we do, and, 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 and okay, if, I, I suppose if you go back 12 months once the COVID lockdown was lifted, there was, you know, there was a little bit of, I, I suppose, falsehood in that, that, that businesses were being supported by uh, government payments and that sort of thing. Okay, they've ebbed away now, but I, I, I think in a way it's, it's made businesses stronger, they're very focused on efficiencies in terms of energy, in terms of staffing, in terms of everything else. So there is, you know, and that creates opportunity. It creates certainly opportunities for, 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 for companies like us. And, and, and in our market, I mean, we're, we're in, we're in all aspects of, of the hospitality market. You know, we've been doing, you know, at, at, at the top end, you know, um, there's a restaurant down in Castle Martyr called Terre, which one of those they, that, that was awarded a Michelin star recently. And you're talking about, you know, it sounds, sounds crazy, but seven or eight hundred euro for dinner for two. And, uh, it was on all the, the, a lot of the newspapers and all the reviewers were down there recently. But there, there, there is a market at, 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 at And that at, creates employment oh, as it, well, because most of that is spent in the local economy. Oh, it absolutely is. And, you know, all, most of these people in, in, in that end of the market, they're looking for local suppliers in terms of food, in terms of all that sort of thing, and it it, it certainly is uh, it, it it is a driver. But right across, I mean, even in the coffee shop se- sector, there has been you know there, there is growth and pe- people are positive. You mentioned about energy prices. Uh, energy cost of energy to the bottom line is one thing, but equally, energy and the waste of energy and all that has a big negative effect on the environment. We heard before talking about our transport. Uh, impacts, you know, and the need to be less reliant on the car and so on. What's the hospitality industry doing in relation to that? Your company is about catering innovation. Uh, Like, are there many eco-friendly innovations coming Oh, completely. I mean, I, I, you know, if, you know, we go back and back to our friends in America where for years everything's been driven uh, by, by gas. It's been gas this and gas that and gas the other. Uh, whereas, you know, in over the last number of years, we've been uh, focusing very much on electricity and on induction and energy efficiency. So, 
cookers only work when you put a pot down on top and lift the pot. The and pot that must make stuff. huge savings. Eighty, 90% savings. And the other thing, as you know, as 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 Pat, Pat Crotty said to me uh, down in Paris, Texas, one evening, he says, you know. He said that you know now you know at the height of summer that he could have had had his staff going around in string vests that his gas kitchen was so hot suddenly you take that out and you put in an induction kitchen and the atmosphere is cooler for people to work in mm. and you know so you're not paying for the heat and you're not paying to take the heat back out again so there are savings all, so all innovation over is key oh it it is and but it's 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 about energy and it's about using less and you know uh, gas you know I, I suppose Mr Putin has really put the, the, the boot into to, to gas thinking for an awful lot of people but you know we're we're now at a stage where I would say 95% of our kitchens are electric you know and, and okay you, you'll see it in time that you know with solar panels and all that sort of thing wind energy that's where the power is going to come from we're not going to you know we're not going to start digging up gas again or digging up digging oil fields mm. in, 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 anytime soon so there there are huge savings in terms of equipment that is smart, smaller, intelligent, you know, and and the timer driven as well. And that, that the equipment, you know, also equipment is dual purpose. So you have a machine that will do two things instead of one. And then you have, you know, uh, surfaces that are easy to clean because they're all together in one piece, built on concrete plants, all that sort of thing, which can, you know, and, and also in terms of layout, the people have to walk less, you know, uh, uh, and that all helps, you know. Mm. You mentioned uh, the dreaded uh, days of back in the day of 2008, and you mentioned the IMF. The IMF mm. hit the headlines again in relation to Ireland, but a bit better outlook. It's, it's been debated as to how reliable the figures are, but positive figures for the Irish economy, which give us room for hope. Yeah, I mean, that they're saying that, you know, we're looking at, at, at a surplus of five billion uh, next year and for the foreseeable future as well. It, it, it really is a positive story. And also tied in with that, they're saying that our national debt, because of the way it's financed, is going to fall as a percentage of, of, of GDP, which is really, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I suppose as you get older, there's a certain amount of guilt about the national debt and, you know, we passing legacy, it on yeah, yeah. To, to, ne- to, ne- to the next generation. But I think anything we can do to shrink it is, and, and it looks like that, well, I, I'm sure there was a great plan. Somebody will take credit for the great plan that we're shrinking it. But it looks like we <laughs> the might The forecasting be. is a bit off at times, isn't it, if you're to look at the yeah, national well, forecasting. Yeah. If, if sales forecasting was off as much in your business, you'd probably, uh, it's not the yeah, CIA and, you'd be and, looking and for. I, I wonder, I mean, you know, there's there's all sorts of economics and I heard someone there, there talk about uh, Karl Marx and his thoughts about economics and then and then about Groucho Marx and, and, and the banana, where the thing goes down slightly, goes down, then it goes back up again, you know. So, but Which kind of a Marxist would you be now? Would you be a, a oh, Groucho? Groucho every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Seamus Moran, a well-known Marxist of the CIA. <laughs> You're the pun that never stops giving, Seamus. Thanks oh, for joining absolutely. us. But but beneath all the, the laughter, there are reasons to be cheerful. And amidst all the challenges, bad news, the environment, you know, the challenges on the cost of living, uh, business is important and it's good to keep positive in business as well. And you'd echo that. Absolutely, John. It, it certainly is. Well, Seamus, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back to you. Uh, we'll have you back again on the programme before too long. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about the joy of XL next. 
Casey Lauren D. John Purcell with you on the bottom line. It's just exactly 24 minutes after 6 o'clock. We're with you until 7 and I'm really looking forward to this item because it's about a thing that's on most people's computer. It's a programme, really, and it's miraculous uh, if you know how to use it properly. But my suspicion is that a lot of people don't. So uh, we were discussing it in the office and we'd say, why don't we get somebody who knows all about Excel to join us on the programme. I'm delighted to be joined by Breda O'Connor, who's from Systems and Software Solutions, who provides training courses in Excel. Good evening, Breda. Good evening, John. How are you? I'm very well. Now, tell us, um, uh, how much of of Excel are people actually using? I I said it's an amazing uh, piece of software, but how much of it do you think people are using? I genuinely would think that people would, if they use even 10% of the application, it would be as much. Really, that much? And and yes. how many businesses, it, would it be fair to say that nearly everybody has Excel in their business somewhere? Absolutely, everybody across the board and probably would be the most widely used application of all. I know people use Word and PowerPoint, but Excel would be the kind of the, the, the master application. And unfortunately, people are, a lot of people are self-taught. Um, and so the, definitely... A, it's 10% of the push for sure. And what way are they self-taught? They just get to a certain level and then they just kind of throw up the hands and say, well, that's as far as we'll go and no further. Yeah, pretty well, pretty much the, the, the um, I suppose they know the basics to do maybe calculations and maybe sort and filter. But we find that we're, we, we offer training um, in Excel um, and it's kind of around the tips and tricks and the kind of easy way to do things. Uh, yeah. People and wrongly around and waste an awful lot of time and there's just much easier ways to do it. Um, so that's what the training sessions that we run are, are about how you actually can be much more productive. Yeah, more productive. You said wasting time. There's also emotion in it. When I was talking to you before we came on air, you told me about you were dealing with a man and you pointed out something uh, that he was doing on Excel for a while, I gather, and he almost had tears in his eyes. Tell me about that. Yes, well, <laughs> when, well, just even basic things like auto, an auto sum, just a calculation, people tend to go the long way around. But for me, it's all about the easy ways of doing things. And I, I tend to concentrate on um, the shortcuts because I'm the laziest person you've ever met when it comes to Excel. But a simple thing like just pulling up your quick access toolbar, um, I was showing him, you know, how to just at a click of a button, how it would automatically email the file directly. You don't even have to save the spreadsheet. And he was like, um, how long is that there? And I was saying, hmm, it's there probably forever. And he was almost in tears because he said, look, I just have to. What I do is I save the spreadsheet to the desktop. I go into Outlook. I compose an email. I attach the file. I send the file off. I go back and I delete the file because I really don't need it. And I was like, no, a click of a button will do this for you. Okay, so and give us the idiot's guide now how to do that. You said the quick access toolbar was that it what do people actually click on so somebody is going i am that soldier what did they do (laughs) um if if you're looking at the top of your excel spreadsheet there's an undo button after it is redo maybe auto save if you're using 365 but there's a tiny little arrow at the end of it and if you click it it says customize quick access toolbar and you can add all of your buttons to it now me because i'm so lazy i just prefer to go over and put all my buttons across into this have all my shortcuts in front of me and bump you know and it stays there once you create the quick access toolbar so you're literally going to the arrow at the end the top of your screen after undo after redo i click that little button and that's the customized button and, and that'll stay on all your buttons. different files when you open it in excel will it 
Uh, well, what it'll do, it'll give you the opportunity to open your file, close your file, save your file, email your file. Do all the regular emails, stuff. All, all of that. But there's also another feature that I think people should know about in all of the Microsoft applications, and, and that would be um, if you if you um, you're working on your spreadsheet and you lose it, your system crashes, and it right. happens quite often to us. People just are not aware that behind the scene it starts behind the, the scene it, it saves the spreadsheet up to five versions. But if it crashes, you can actually go back and find the very last one, which is usually about five, maybe seven minutes previous to that. To, to, to that. Instead, they just w- work with what has been returned to them and they've lost a lot of their work. And that's a shame. So also, sometimes have, people might, you know, they might think they've lost two hours work, but they might only lose five hours work or sorry, five minutes work if they knew where to yes. look. Yes, yes, this is it. And even if you work on a document that has not been saved, I find that 90% of people don't realise that if you haven't saved your spreadsheet or your Word document or your presentation, if you lose it, you can simply go back to find within the unsaved, like just file, open. And at the very bottom of that screen is the option to recover unsaved spreadsheets and documents. And that's a shame because that is something that every one of us will need. Yeah. For sure. Now, you you talked to me a bit earlier about uh, formula auditing and trace precedent. What's that all about? Yeah, this is a gem. This is a massive, a massive one. It's, it's probably one of my favourites. I would say to people at every level, introduction, intermediate and advanced, if I'm looking at somebody's spreadsheet, I don't really know what it is until, you know, because I'm not in that company, but if I'm in it from a training perspective, if you just click on a formula and you click within the formula tab, there's a whole area called formula auditing. So trace precedence, trace dependence will show you what lies behind all of your formula. And like if you have an error in your spreadsheet, it'll show you why it's happening. If spreadsheets are linked, this is another big one, it will show you what sheet it's linked to and it will take you to it. And I would say probably about 2% of people actually use this. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, I want to ask you another one, which is about, um, what was it about? Finding mistakes. You know, sometimes you might press enter and a box comes up and it's got a whole lot of asterisks, exclamation marks and all that. Oftentimes I don't know what to do next. How do, <laughs> how do you find too. a mistake? The best thing to do in a situation like that is press the escape key because you're in the middle of a formula and that will always take you out of it. But I think very often people see hash symbols coming up and they think, oh, there's a mistake, there's something wrong with my formula. And in a situation like that, it simply is the column is too narrow. You need to stretch it. So it depends on the, 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 the situation. But I would find a lot of the time people get a little bit confused when they see those asterisks coming up or, you know, hash symbols, should I say. And that's just a very simple mistake. Just stretch your column. Yeah, you've got a training course uh, coming up, uh, two half-day training courses from 9.30 to 12.30, and they're on the 2nd and 10th of May, and you can book through Carlo Kilkenny's skill net, anyone who's interested. What kind of stuff will people be able to do at the end of it that they wouldn't uh, be able to do at the start? So it's like three hours. How much you would actually pick up in the three-hour session. Now, it's usually six hours. Six hours over the two, yeah. But I would literally start from the beginning. And as I said, when I was trained back in the day, I did everything the long way around. And unfortunately, when you're self-taught, this is the situation. Mm. So when you do those training sessions, you're learning how to do this correctly from the get-go. And at the end of the day, you'd be so surprised. Things like doing your calculations correctly. Um, Mm. Even at advanced level, people are not doing it correctly. Formatting, like what's in front of us? What's on the home tab? know all about it. Yeah, and freezing um, the stuff across the top and all that, Literally or freezing the things down. Getting, yeah. getting you to the home tab would be your comfort zone, so to speak. But going into the formula tab, genius tab, uh, sorting, filtering. But I have a magic button that I normally cover with people that 
is just fantastic. It's it's a very old button, probably about 30 years old. Magic. And it literally does all the work for you, like comma, currency, border, colour, best fit. It's a fantastic button. And unfortunately, people don't even know about it. Yeah, uh, Breda O'Connor, who's an Excel tutor. She works for a company called Systems and Software Solutions. She's running a course, two half-day course from 9.30 to 12.30 on the 2nd and 10th of May. And you can book that through carlockilkennyskillnet.ie forward slash online hyphen training forward slash uh, just search XL training Carlo Kilkenny Skillnet we're back lots more to talk about do stay tuned this is KCLR's bottom line with John Purcell with thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny local enterprise offices for business financial supports and mentoring services for more information see localenterprise.ie it's John Purcell with you on the bottom line until seven o'clock just coming up to 25 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Mark, or Matt O'Keefe will be with you with the Tierlawn uh, Tierlawn uh, Farm Show after 7 o'clock. Do, go, do not go away. Uh, as I said, it's the bottom line. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Kieran Stone, who's CEO of Square Root Solutions, who are a locally based app development company and they caught my eye when we got a press release in about a new business accolade that his company has earned. You're very welcome to the programme, Kieran. Thanks very much, John. Happy to be here. Yeah, tell us about your journey uh, to starting an app development company. Yeah, um, so you might remember me from a couple of years ago. I built the, the Club Manor, which was an app that follows the local hurling in Kilkenny. So give instant uh, results and um, notifications just based on the local senior intermediate hurling. Uh, that kind of went backwards uh, from a development issue. And from there, I kind of got the name of building apps and people started coming to me looking for apps. And, and that kind of grew a bit of legs. And then in 2018, I kind of said, right, there's, there's a business here for me. And uh, that was the start of Square Root Solutions. Yeah, so you took the plunge. Presumably you were doing it as kind of a, an interest on the side and then you decided to go full-time. Was that it? Pretty much, yeah. So in 2014, I got the... the Kenny Leo gave me an award for the uh, Young Entrepreneur of the Year or something something like that. And I got the funding for the Clubman for a 10, 10 grand and put it all into that. And then as it kind of went on, it was kind of a, a hobby... Uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting where I went, and I kind of got the kind of got the bug for it then in the end. And as I said, when people like, it got quite exciting then when people were coming to me looking for apps and all different types of apps, and it just got bigger and bigger and just grew. Yeah, now apps um, have made quite the impression. I remember the time when a lot of people accessed news sites, even radio stations through uh, online search. It, a lot of it has changed over to apps. Talk to me how that's changed and where the app sits now in the general kind of online environment. Apps are pretty much everything now uh, when it comes to online. There's, there's stats out there that are suggesting that 90, 90% or 90% plus of the internet is actually accessed through apps now rather than just sitting at your computer going in through your browser. Uh, it, it's where the internet is. It's where it's where everyone is. And uh, it's the way forward, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, talk to us. So you took the plunge. You got the grant from Leo uh, and started out. You've now grown and you've got a, a team around you. Talk to us about what you've been doing and how the company's been developing since you started. Yeah, so in 2018, we had a few small apps on, uh, on the go, and we predominantly work 
uh, at the time and less so now, but with startups, uh, different startups, say that we were a startup as well at the time. So there's a huge startup industry in Ireland. And uh, to give an example of one of them back in 2018, Keep Happy, uh, a mental health app. They came to us in 2018, um, Amy Levy's Carton and Will Ben Sims. They were in Trinity College at the time. They had a kind of uh, an app put together, I wouldn't say very professionally, and they, were, they had big plans for us. They came to us and we revamped the whole thing. And to put a long story short, up to last, last June, they sold that app for uh, a very, very large figure that I'm not allowed to disclose to a, a Fortune 500 company. And, wow. and along the way, along the way, they got hundreds of thousands worth of funding. They were getting funding and uh, mentorship from the Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They were speaking at the web summits, you know. And we were there from the very start with them when they were just in college. They built their whole system. The Concentrics, the company, Fortune 500 company, who bought them out. Um, they did a full audit of all our code, everything we did with them, and that was uh, quite stressful for us, as you can imagine. Yeah. But, um, they got gave gave the green light and they sold they, they sold up and they had that, that fairy tale startup um journey from going from nothing from kind of like kind of in your garage to having that big big sale. Yeah, you mentioned the, the journey with the startup company. How would you uh, characterize your approach and how would you say it might be different from other companies? Because, you know, we're all familiar of, you know, you can log on and get someone to um, do an app and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, they're gone. But I get the impression that your approach is slightly different. We're kind of, I suppose, going from my own personal experience with, with the Clubman, uh, very much trying to partner with with the startups, with the company, not in the sense of taking any equity or anything like that, but just partner in the sense that your success is our success. You know, so we get a huge amount of referrals from word of mouth because our companies and our clients are doing well. So we essentially, when someone comes to us, rather than trying to give the biggest price possible for doing the least amount of work, we talk with them, we, we work with them, we try to figure out a solution that will not just work for them for this one project would work for them for getting their funding, uh, getting their, their users, building the system. So it's not just one project. It's going to be years and years and years of projects where we'll be the development team and they're going to be benefiting from the success. Yeah. And how's business for you, uh, Kieran? Um, COVID came along, knocked many businesses, disrupted them, upended their business models and so on. How was it for you and your uh, app development company? It was probably the opposite, I suppose. Um, when COVID hit, uh, I think everyone, including everyone in the in software development sector, expected a, a step backwards, and it, it went the other way. Before before COVID, a lot of my time would be going to meet people, say, probably maybe in Dublin or different parts of the country. You know, you have to shake hands and have a cup of coffee with someone before you start. Uh, people wanting to work from an office, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Since then, it's completely changed. Uh, Zoom has been my meeting room for everyone pretty much since. I think I've met one client since 2020 in person. Wow. And we're, like I could be seven, eight, nine, one-hour calls a day with new clients. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's not only kind of streamlined everything, made things a little bit quicker and easier to access. We're getting referrals now, say, from the, from the UK, the US, uh, different companies. The whole world has become smaller and everyone has been more accessible and and how's it for getting talent to uh, work with you to develop apps? We're hearing about a lot of people, you know, job losses in in big companies like the Facebooks, Googles and all that. Presumably they have a lot of app expertise knocking around in those places that could be good for companies like you. 
Yeah, no, there's plenty of talent out there. Getting the talent, though, is the, is the hardest part. I, I find sometimes there's uh, people out there looking for money that doesn't re- doesn't reflect their, their ability. Mm. And, it's a, it, and that's the other side of COVID. Uh, it's made the world tiny. So comparing someone in Ireland to someone who can work in different parts of the world now uh, is, a, is a very real thing. Yeah, digital nomads. Yeah, once you get that talent, though, you have to hold on to it. And that's kind of a lot of what we try to do is, you know, once we're having success, say, with different startups and working well, you know, it kind of creates a great culture within the company. Yeah. You know, well, we're having success, we're doing stuff that's positive. Yeah, well, Kiran, um congratulations to you and everybody involved in Square Root Solutions. People can check out your company at squareroot.ie. What next uh, for you? The the plan now is, uh, which we're talking to Enterprise Ireland at the moment, and we plan to go into the UK market now over the summer. So we're going to the London Tech Summit. We're setting up offices over there and setting up staff uh, in London to try to take advantage of the the startup industry in in the UK and um, you know, the established businesses as well over there. And then after that, then we're, we have one eye long long term on the US. As I said, we're getting a few projects from there. So. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to having a good eye at that as well. Well, Kieran, pleasure talking to you. Uh, that's Kieran Stone, CEO of Square Root Solutions. Do keep in touch, Kieran, and we'll talk to you again on the bottom line. Thanks, John. That's uh, Kieran Stone there. Now, as I mentioned at the start of the programme, diversity in business is a very current topic. However, one area that's often overlooked when it comes to talking about diversity is the whole area of neurodiversity, people whose brains are different from quote-unquote normal and who often live with hidden disabilities in the midst of uh, the general population. With estimates putting the number of people who can be described as neurodivergent, putting the figure at one in seven people in Ireland. There's a lot to learn, a lot of potential for business. I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by a woman who has established a new business in Kilkenny to help businesses and organisations understand the issues and provide support in the workplace. Jeanette Delahunty, owner of TSK Academy, you're very welcome to the bottom line. Thanks for having me, John. Appreciate it. Yeah, now... um, you started in the midst of COVID. I did. I did, yeah. I literally had to diversify what I was doing because obviously I lost my jobs and uh, had to keep a roof over my head. And You said jobs. You were doing jobs. more than one job. I had job. a few part-time jobs, yeah. Uh, so I worked in a preschool in the mornings and then I did some supervised access for, for children in the afternoons. And uh, I did some advocacy work then for teenagers who were on the spectrum needed to get their voices heard in court. And uh, then I was teaching in the evenings QQI modules in healthcare and childcare and special needs assistance. So yeah, so when Leo yeah. Varadkar shut the country down, yeah. your diary must have kind of emptied. It just emptied completely. So I'd been doing some research already into what was kind of missing um, in the workplace from working in with special needs for a really long time and having kids who are neurodivergent myself. You know, it was there's a big high t- turnover of staff because they're not really ready for what they're seeing, you know, they do the QQIs and they're not ready for QQIs, that QQIs, kind of. can you explain yeah, that Yeah, so to they me? do the, what it used to be the VTEC. So it's basically they're doing a, a level five or a level six qualification in special needs assisting or in childcare or, or they're doing the social care degrees and they're coming in to work with people who have high complex needs and they're not able to cope because mm. they're not they're not ready for it. So I was devising a course, COVID hit then and it gave me the courage to push the button and put it out there and um, 
So what you're yeah. saying and what I was reading on your website is that there's a large number of people in workplaces who effectively have hidden disabilities. Yes, absolutely. Tell us about that because people would often think that disabilities that people are living with would usually be quite apparent. Well, that's uh, that's half the problem, isn't it? Is when we're thinking about disability and diversity, we, we look automatically at things that we can see. You know, so, so a wheelchair or a wheelchair, crutches yeah, or, or somebody who's blind or yeah. is deaf and they're, they're doing sign language and things. So they don't think about somebody who's in the workplace who might have ADHD or who might be dyslexic, you know, or might have tics, like Tourette's syndrome, uh, might be autistic. And when we think about it logically, there's only 14% of the autistic population of high support needs. The rest of them are, as we would say, in the general population, if mm. you like. So 86% of our population are maybe of the autistic population are either unemployed or they're underemployed because they find it hard to, to gain employment. And then when they are in an environment that's predominantly for neurotypicals, they find it hard to, to cope. Neurotypicals. neurotypicals. What's that now? Is that quote-unquote quote, normality? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. What would have been normal or classed as normal. So we it's have, a very oppressive kind of blanket to be chucking over society normal, really, wasn't it? Yeah, there's no such thing. Yeah. Like, there is no such thing as normal. When we're looking at the, the term neurodiversity, generally speaking, you have neuro, which is the brain, the central nervous system, and you have diversity, which we all know what that is now at this stage. So it's all about difference in brains. So technically, we're all neurodiverse. But what we have then is we have the neurodivergent population who are people who identify and say, look, I'm a neuro minority. I have ADHD or I am dyslexic, whatever. And then you have the neurotypical people who meet all of the developmental milestones and fit in, slot in nicely with culture and with society. And so tell me, bringing it back to business, what are the challenges and what are the opportunities for business There's in recognising this yeah. divergence and this lack of normality? Yeah, there's, there's massive potential for people. As I said, there, there's so many people that I said are on unemployed or underemployed. So if we can just harness the talents that people have, people have massive talents. Like, and um, would people with uh, hidden disabilities often have hidden uh, talents that quote unquote normal yeah. people may yeah. not have as well? Absolutely. Yeah. How do you go about accessing those or identifying them? Or I what do companies uh, need to do? Well, a lot of the problem comes in with our hiring practices. You know, when we're hiring people, we still have the age-old ways of doing things. So let's come in and you have to shake somebody's hand. And the whole, oh, you know, good, strong, firm handshake. And that means that person is trustworthy. But what if that person has sensory problems and they find it really uncomfortable to shake somebody's hand? COVID was a blessing for those people. You know, I don't have to touch anybody anymore. It's great. I don't have to interact in person anymore. Great. You know, and... We're looking at this culture fit all of the time of who are they going to fit in with, with our group in our workplace, rather than looking for talent. And that's what we need to do. We need to look for the actual talent. Do we need somebody that's really good on, you have lots of buttons there in front of you, that's really good with lots of buttons, you know, mm. that can... You, we can make use of that. Yeah. Do we have somebody that's... You had the lady on a little while ago who was talking about Excel. Do you know, numbers, accountants, solicitors. Um, I know a solicitor who's autistic 
and she's the best solicitor you'll get because the laws it's it's literally to the letter of the law mm. and she's she's she I'm reminded when we're memorized. talking about normality of the scene in the life of Brian by Monty Python with oh, the, the crowd <laughs> shouting yes we're all individuals and someone goes I'm not <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the bottom line the program for and about business I'm having a fascinating conversation with Jeanette Delahunty who's owner of TSK Academy we're going to continue the discussion after this the bottom line on KCLR with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny local enterprise offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Yes, indeed. We're with you until seven o'clock. Then Matt O'Keefe coming up with the Tierlawn Farming Programme after seven. Do stay tuned to that. I'm joined in studio by Jeanette Delahunty, who's uh, owner of TSK Academy. We're talking about neurodiversity, the opportunities and the challenges for business. Uh, Jeanette, you started the business during COVID and so you've started working with businesses and organisations. Uh, tell me about that and how you typically would work with the, with the business uh, to address the challenges, but also to make the most of the opportunities. Yeah, we're looking really, um, people come to me and they, they know that there's something missing in relation to their policies and procedures that they're not covering all bases. So and what would typically be missing? This is the area of the neurodiversity. Is that yeah. they're hearing this buzzword now, which is really gaining ground, like on the likes of LinkedIn and things like that, and they're going, well, what is this and, and what are we missing? Uh, and more people who because of COVID they were doing employee engagement surveys and things like that and people were identifying as neurodivergent anonymously but nobody has actually come forward with it so they're recognising that there is a problem here that we have this cohort of individuals within our organisation and we're not actually catering to them and we don't know how to get them back into the workplace after COVID because the anxiety for them is set in because that routine of going into work every day is gone so this is where they call on me and they're like, OK, so what do we need to do here? So I would go in then and I would do like a series of educational talks. So we do an educational talk for kind of the whole organisation on dissecting what neurodiversity is and how you can maybe support colleagues and support your staff and your team members. And then we do one with specifically the HR managers. So we talk about the use of language. Uh, you or I were talking uh, a while ago about, you know, is it somebody with disabilities or is it a disabled person? You know, and of course, a lot of that is down to personal preference, you know. So whether I would say I am autistic or I have autism is very much a personal preference rather than what we should Right, yeah, so you can't impose so, norms on exactly, people about how yeah. they talk either, yeah. Absolutely. So when it's, for me, going into the HR managers and the, the people people of the organisations, it's about getting them to actually listen, properly listen mm. to the staff and see what is it that that person is identifying us because you can hear them. And if I say I am autistic, then you know that I'm person-centred or, yeah. or you know, mm, and we have to respect that. Talk to us. Uh, the language we use is very important, but also the the nuts and bolts and actually how a business operates. I was interested to read about a seafood restaurant and cafe that you've been working with yeah. and giving them autism training. Tell us about yeah. that and what the opportunity there for them is. 
Well, this um, this family actually had the restaurant for some time and when they got the grants then for COVID, they wanted to make it autism friendly. The mother, who the wife of the, the duo had a child and uh, two and a half years old was diagnosed as autistic. So it was really important to them to make sure that they were autism friendly restaurant. And that unlocks a business potential as well, Absolutely. it must be said, because people will say if they've got someone who's living with autism or is autistic, that like there's a restaurant where we'll go comfortably yeah absolutely and that's it like so they we gave them some recommendations on what they can do whilst they were renovating with the grants that they got through covid and they put in like a sensory wall and things like that for the children but they also made um image images as their menus as well as a regular menu so that if you're autistic and you're an adult you know you can still choose something off the menu and not have to worry about how to how to vocalise that. Now I'm talking here about autistic people who have the higher support needs uh, and that would need that more so than somebody mm. else. But you're working with the business. Yeah, exactly. So then we provided the training for all of the staff so that if they can recognise if somebody is becoming stressed and overwhelmed with the environment and guide them to the right area of the restaurant so they're feeling comfortable. Fantastic. Well, look, fascinating talking to you, Jeanette, um, and I'd love to talk longer, but like we will have you back again because it's really an area that people are only becoming aware of. So thanks for joining us this evening on the programme. That's all we've got time for this week on The Bottom Line. Remember, if you have any comments or ideas or you'd like to get in touch with anyone who's on the programme, email us at thebottomline at kclaura96fm.com. And saying that, you can get in touch with Jeanette Delahunty at tskacademy.com. Thanks to all our guests this evening on the programme, Seamus Murnan, Brito O'Connor, Kieran Stone and the aforementioned Jeanette Delahunty. Uh, remember, you can catch up on the programme on the app. Uh, do have a good evening. We'll be back next Thursday, just after the news at six. Until then, take care. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie.